Hi, and welcome to Yubcast, your Star Wars cartoon podcast. My name is Matt, and always two there are, no more, no less, a master and an apprentice. And I'm Jamie, and it takes more than they got to break me, young Skywalker. So that's uh, Evan Peel, uh, the, the one-eyed Jedi. The one that looks like Yoda? Yeah, but he's got like a big scar across his face. Yeah, I chose that because of my current predicament of uh, wearing an eye patch. Oh, good call. Uh, my you know, daughter is making, not not making fun of me, but just saying, oh, you look like a pirate and laughing. I know it's not uh, malicious, but it's just like, uh. Right. Yeah, I'm wearing an eye patch because I scratched my cornea and it is not healing the way it should. Fortunately, I've never gone through that, but I know it's painful. Yeah, it sucks. It's pretty to scoop my eyeball out and just get a fake one. That might cause more problems than it solves. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's weird. My death perception is getting used to not having two eyes, so my death perception is just a little off. Your Captain Ron cosplay is going to be really on point this year, though. <laughs> yeah, I do have a nice banana hammock. Oh, <laughs> uh, Let's just talk about Martin Short movies all night. Yeah. That's a great... I love that movie. <laughs> The, the second that Kurt Russell joins the Star Wars universe, I will be head over heels. Yeah, I love Kurt Russell so much. He could be in Boba Fett for sure. Oh yes. <laughs> Except he'll probably do like what George Clooney did in Star Wars and just be like some random alien that just goes rough, rough. Yeah. Yeah, he could be. He could. He could be like one of the royal kids. Yeah. Um, Boba Fett's gay dog or something. <laughs> All right, well, today we're going to talk about... We're still doing Star Wars Visions. Today we're going to do Episode 7, The Elder. But before we get into that, I thought it might be fun if we revived one of our old games that we did a long time ago. Ooh, And I will ask you a series of Star Wars trivia questions. Okay. So I've got a couple up here, and I'm going to start with an easy one. Just to get you warmed up. You ready? I'm ready. Alright, so... In Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, who is Lando Calrissian's co-pilot on the Death Star run? Nine-num. Nine-num. That is correct. Here's one's a little bit harder. What odds does C-3PO give Han for successfully navigating the asteroid field? (laughs) Oh, boy. This is like 375 million? That's shockingly close to the right sequence of numbers, but you're off by factors of 10. Uh, billion? Uh, no, it's... It is oh. 3,720 to 1. Oh. So oh, it, was, it was better odds, but you said 372, so that was pretty That was pretty good. In Empire Strikes Back, which bounty hunter in the bounty hunter scene, where they're all standing on the deck of the Star Destroyer, which bounty hunter is wearing a costume from my Doctor Who episode? No way. Hmm. I actually knew this before. I knew this one. Let's see, it's not Boba Fett. Dengar's is just like a mixture of Stormtrooper armor. IG-88 is just one of the things from the cantina re- redone. Bosk is wearing like a jumpsuit similar to what the pilots wear. I'm going to go with Zuckus. It's a good guess. Um, you did a nice process of elimination, but it is Bosk. That that pilot's uniform is from an episode called The Tenth Planet. Really? Yeah. It's a, it's a solid piece of Star Wars trivia that they, they were filmed in the same studio as Doctor Who, and so they just grabbed some of the props from there. And his costume is taken entirely from the Tenth Planet. Oh, that's crazy! Like in the '90s, I would notice that like um, there'd be like I think it was like Power Rangers. They would. This is like after Starship Troopers came out. That there would be a bunch of like I, th- I think it was Power Rangers. It could have been something else where they would be wearing the the gear that the mobile infantry was wearing in Starship Troopers. Yeah. It's always fun to see those little connections to places. So, who's the only rebel pilot to survive all three movies in the original trilogy? Who's the only rebel pilot to survive 
And all three children we're not counting Luke. No, no, like in the in the last movie, Luke in the episode three or episode oh. six, Luke wasn't a pilot. All three trilogies. Oh wait, no, no. So sorry, no, no. the original oh, trilogy. Original no. trilogy. All three movies in the original trilogy. So Luke wasn't a pilot in episode six. He flew an X-wing to Dagobah. Yeah, I'm, I, I assume. I think it means combat pilots. All right. Who flew into combat? You should get this one if you think about it. Yeah, it's a uh, wedge. Yeah, it's wedge. All right, so I've got a good one. I'm saving this one for last, so this will be our last question. This is for the original costume. Darth Vader's chess piece has some writing on it. What language is the writing in, and what is its English translation? Oh, jeez, I have no idea. You've never heard this before? No. It's Hebrew, <laughs> and its translation is, his deeds will not be forgiven until he merits. So... I think we'll end. I think we'll end there. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a real thing, and that's something I actually learned from um, a Conan bit where they go to Lucasfilm Studios and they see a Darth Vader costume, and one of the employees that came with came with Conan was a huge nerd and says that it's not the original because the Hebrew writing isn't on it, and so the original costume had Hebrew on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there. Now I know. That's now a cool know. little piece of trivia. Yeah, and you, you did great on that. So I, I, I was thinking about our, some of our old bits, and I wanted to bring that one back. Hopefully people thought that was fun and learned some Star Wars trivia. Should we just get into it, or, do you want, or did you do any cool Star Wars this week you want to talk about? I did not. I have really done nothing Star Wars related other than I, I got a uh, cool Moss Eisley uh, t-shirt uh, today. It just, it doesn't look like, it's one of those t-shirts that doesn't look Star Wars-y. It looks kind of like a beer can, like like with some of like the old tiny writing. Looks looks like it would say like Schlitz or something. It's, I don't know, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I like the photos you sent me. It's really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't done anything either. I've just been working my way through Thrawn, about halfway mm-hmm. done. I've been listening to that, and I'm maybe like, I'm not sure what chapter I'm at. I'm, I'm after I just finished like the second uh, memories chapter, mm. but yeah, um, you're pretty early on then. Yeah, it's, so far it's pretty good. I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I was uh, I was listening to it on my run this morning, and I was just thinking that about the uh, about the newest the Ahsoka show, and that Thrawn's going to be in it, and like what could they be doing, and like and that Hayden Christensen is going to be in it. I mean, to what extent? I don't know. Probably not big, but that but his character Anakin has met Thrawn as both Anakin and Darth Vader. So I'd be curious if they throw that in there. Yeah, that's really, that's a good observation. I hadn't thought of that, how they're going to use Hayden and Hayden in that show. I did watch the Kenobi sort of teaser tonight because I was watching The Elder again and I saw a thing on the Star Wars page called Kenobi. And I clicked on it really quick, very excited. Maybe it was a trailer I'd missed or something. And it was just a little teaser with Ewan talking. I'm sure you've seen it. There's really no information in it. No, it just, I, I haven't. Oh, it's actually. good. It's good. You should watch it. Because it's, it's basically just Ewan saying, like, like fans have asked for a return of this character for a long time. I'm glad we're finally getting to do it. I'm glad I get to work with Hayden again. And then it shows him, like, practicing lightsaber maneuvers in a COVID mask with his trainer. Mm-hmm. Pretty fu- pretty fucking sweet. And then he implies that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader fight in the show. He says they get another slash at each other or something like that. And then he sort of laughs. And I'm like, how? I want to... I'm very, very excited for this show. <laughs> yeah, because if that's the case, Vader has to get beaten down. Yeah. Um, pretty hard because, yeah, that Vader says that, like, when he when he left you, I was, he was just the learner, but now I am the master. When last we, or when last we, when last we met, I was but the learner, but I am the master now. Master of evil. And maybe they'll fit in, like, Darth, like, why he just calls him Darth instead of uh, Vader or Anakin or... I saw some, I saw some idiot on Twitter say, if uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi says hello there... 
the the show automatically sucks because he doesn't want quotes and stuff. I'm like, that's a terrible attitude. Of course he's going to say hello there. Yeah. Right? It's like a catchphrase. You can either mm-hmm. embrace that stuff or you can sort of get out of Star Wars because I had a bad feeling about this is in this episode of The Elder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like... Um... It's like James Bond not saying Bond, James Bond. Yeah, yeah, you, you just ruined James Bond for everybody. I'm sorry, there's too much Star Wars in there. Star Wars, everybody. But what do you like about it if it, if not all the Star Wars? All right, yeah. I don't want to rant. All right, do you want to get into it, or do you want to keep keep going? Let's get into it. All right, I do recommend you check out that Kenobi thing. It's only three minutes long, and okay. and it does it does wet the whistle a little. Yeah. All right. So today, yeah, foreplay is important. So today we're talking about the Elder from the Star Wars Vision anthology series. It originally was released on September twenty second, twenty twenty one, with the rest of them. This is episode seven in the episode order on Disney Plus at the time of release. Its runtime is approximately sixteen minutes, and was produced by Trigger the studio Trigger, which also produced the Star Wars Vision episode, The Twins. Since we've already reviewed The Twins, fine saying that The Twins has been by far my least favorite of all of the episodes, and um, not encouraging me to go into The Elder to see another piece of Star Wars produced by this studio. Mm -hmm. But we'll talk about my impressions of The Elder later. Let's talk about Studio Trigger for a second. They're a relatively new studio. They've been around for about 10 years. They do a lot of originals, but they also adapt literature and anime. Some earlier work includes a a show called When Supernatural Battles Become Commonplace, which is based on a novel by Kota Nozomi. What? That that really rolls off the tongue. I assume it's a bad translation. (laughs) I I don't speak or read Japanese. So I have to rely on the translations. It might sound way cooler in Japanese, but yeah, when supernatural battles become commonplace is the name of the show. I don't know if it's the name of the novel. Okay. But other earlier works by Trigger include a show, an original show called Space Patrol Luluku, which is about an ordinary girl who is drafted into a space patrol to save her father who was frozen and stolen by alien pirates. It sounded like a carbonite plot. Versus a uh, space patrol Lulu Larue about a girl who joins a multi-level marketing firm and uh, slowly becomes more and more cult-like. Yes, yes. She okay. sells, she sells uh, yoga pants. Um, the more recent work by Trigger is a show called Brand New Animal or BNA for short. This series is set in a world where humans coexist with a branch of humanity called Beastmen face persecution due to their ability to turn into humanoid animals through a trait in their DNA called the Beast Factor. I really like the premise of this show. That sounds like it's exclusively made to sell toys. Hmm. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know how they would do it. (laughs) It sounds like an X-Men thing, right? Where where it's like they're persecuted for having this superpower? Yeah, I'm sure there's a a greater societal lesson in there, but it just, it just sounds like, it sounds like manimal actually. <laughs> it does sound like manimal. <laughs> All right. So we're coming to the end of, end of visions. And this is the last thing that we're going to see from trigger. So I just wanted to showcase some of their other work at the top. I sort of skipped over them when we did the twins. Um, we don't know if trigger is going to make any more star Wars content or not. So let's move on to the cast. Last week we mentioned James Hong because of my pick for the rating of the episode. Um, but we, we know that we he's been in Star Wars before because he's the voice of As Morgan, the short little red criminal in Rebels. He was also supposed to voice a character called Undente in the Crystal Crisis arc of Clone Wars. It was never finalized, but it exists as an animatic on YouTube. And apparently he did record his lines for that that show. But as we talked about last week, James Hong is in fucking everything. 
he literally has 450 credits as an actor on IMDb. He was in Kung Fu Panda, Big Trouble in Little China, Blade Runner, West Wing, Ellen, Adventures of Briscoe Kenny Jr., MacGyver, Doogie Howser. He's one of those that guys. Yeah, I think you, he was in Revenge. Go ahead. Sorry, go, I was going to say, I think he was in Revenge of the Nerds, too. Yeah, I'm sure. I was scrolling through his page, and I was just pulling out highlights. But he has 450 credits under actor. Like, he's been in everything for... He's been in every single show you can imagine for, like, 40 years. Like, it's incredible. Like, he is definitely just one of these guys that shows up and gets the part. So you've you've definitely seen him in something. Look him up. He's a Star Wars alum. I love him. Uh, he's wonderful, and he's great in this episode, too, as the Elder. So the other two people we have in the cast today, it's really a three-person cast. We have Tejin Crosser, who is the older Jedi master, and he's played by David Harbour, who most people know as the fat cop Hooper from Stranger Things. David also played Hellboy in 2019, taking work away from Perlman, but who also recently appeared in the Star Wars cousin Marvel's Black Widow. He got his acting start on a soap opera as the world turns, and he appears in an early episode of Law & Order SVU as a murderer obsessed with dolls. If you want to see that episode, it's season four, episode seven, for people who didn't grow up with SVU. And then the last character is the Padawan Dan. That's his name. Dan is played by Jordan Fisher. Jordan's a pretty young guy, but he's worked with Disney. I'm doing VO for the movie Monona. Mona? Mayona. I don't know how to say it. Um, but he's also worked on She-Ra and High School Musical, The Flash, and he's done voiceover for Robot Chicken. This is his first Star Wars credit. So welcome, Jordan. It's Moana. Jesus. It's Moana. Sorry. My yeah. bad. All right. Any commentary on the cast? No. All right. So off to the plot summary. So Jedi Master Dejin Croster and his Padawan, Dan Javosh, patrol the Outer Rim territories in their starship. Dan says he's never been to this sector. Dan asks Tijin how many planets he's been to, but Tijin says he couldn't count that high. Dan says Tijin has probably been to the most planets out of any Jedi from the stories he's heard of his master. This little give and take in the beginning, there's a lot of like hero worship coming from the Padawan to the master. Dan further comments that this patrol was postponed, but he heard that Tijin insisted that they go. Dan is confused and expresses some concern about the assignment. The Padawan wanted more action, and the Outer Rim is a boring place to go. Not enough action. Just then, Tijin senses a disturbance in the Force. Something dark. Yeah. Initial impressions. I have to say it. The banter back and forth is kind of like very anime, just the, just the way that they're talking. And I normally like uh, David Harbour. I did not care for him in this because yeah, it's maybe just the way he's he's just trying to play it cool and calm like a Jedi Master would be. But it just kind of sounds like he's reading a script. I get Yeah, it's sort of flat. And, and, it, and the dialogue does sort of see, feel like a bad translation. Yeah, it's, it's, a, just, it's like, it's going to be fun, isn't it? You think it's going to be fun? I think it's going to be fun. It's like, get off the fucking thesaurus. Like, what is up? <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, and, and nothing, you know, nothing against him. It's just the design of the character and his voice is kind of, they don't quite go quite well because he's, the character's got like the big poofy hair, like that, like, kind of like, almost like, I don't, I don't want to say like 80s hair metal hair, but it's just, there's just a lot of hair. And some of it's in a, uh, in a bun. He sort of looks like Keanu Reeves, like a young Keanu Reeves, but with with like a Karen haircut that sort of falls in front of his face. He wants to speak to the manager of the Jedi Council. <laughs> I'd like to speak to the manager, please. <laughs> I don't know. It's it. His hair is wild, right? It like covers mm-hmm. up half of his face, and and his. Yeah, the the dialogue's pretty stilted, but it's it's pretty standard establishing dialogue where you're you're trying to you're trying to go a long distance with characters in a short period of time. You're trying to establish that he's the Padawan, he's the master, this guy knows everything, this guy's learning everything, he's powerful, he's weak. 
that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's it's not great dialogue. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks me out of the the episode, but um, sure for the most part. But I, I'm able to, to to overcome. It's only it's only 16 minutes. We can soldier on. Yeah. All right. So the ship drops out of hyperspace. Um, Dan says he didn't sense anything. He asks his master if he had to guess what he did think he felt. So basically he says, like, what do you think you felt? Can you guess? Tejin says it was something ancient and sinister. And then Dan begins his obsession with thinking that whatever they're encountering is a Sith and says that he wants to fight it. Tejin says it cannot be a Sith. They've been gone for hundreds of years, but they must investigate. Yeah, so this is kind of cool because it's this is one of these that, like, overall, uh, it might be slightly problematic, but it could fit into the, the canon timeline of, like, even the last time anybody saw a Sith was a few hundred years ago, so it could be, could definitely fit somewhere. Yeah, so this, so this, I wanted to have this conversation at some point, but we can do it right here. So, at the time of the prequels, they're saying the Sith haven't been around for a thousand years. And these people are saying, like Tejin is saying, that the Sith haven't been around for hundreds of years. So if we were to guess where where it is in the timeline, we we could guess that it's hundreds of years before Episode One. It's mm-hmm. it's sometime in that thousand year period. But since you're saying like hundreds of years, like it could be anywhere in that time period, really. Yeah, I'm I'm seeing like. Two to four hundred years afterwards. So you're, seeing, this, you're seeing that some in some material, or you're guessing? No, that's just guessing. That's how that's how I kind of interpreted it. So it's like the the Sith are still fresh in everybody's mind. Yeah, There's, they still think it's a they still think it's an outside possibility that they're around, but no one's seen them in quote hundreds of years. But you're also living in a in a galaxy where species can live hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Right, like Yodas or Huts or other species. Yeah, so I think I think it's very possible that we're a few hundred years after the disappearance of the Sith in the in this galaxy. Also, the design of Dan, Dan Javash, he's he has like the, the traditional like Padawan braid, and he almost they almost look High Republic-ish in their mm-hmm. dress. So I, I thought it was very cool to have something from this time period, even if we don't know exactly what that time period is, to have something earlier in that in that millennia without Sith. Right, I agree. All right, so Dan says investigating something that ancient and evil definitely means they will have to fight it. Tejin reminds Dan that a Jedi does not seek conflict; a Jedi must find balance and stillness. Dan seems obsessed with fighting, and this is more sort of economy of storytelling. Like telegraphing, like this guy is a little bit too trigger happy, and he needs to sort of pull it back. So Dan asks Dijin what they should do. The only planet nearby is a planet called Habo. Dijin says they should go there to check it out. Dan is excited that they're going to do something and pokes fun of his master for being a know-it-all. <laughs> I did not get this exchange at all. Yeah, it didn't really land with me. I I don't know if it was like the acting or the dialogue. Just I was like, oh, he's teasing him? I don't I don't get it. Whatever. So the planet Habo is green and verdant, with plains and some farming villages. The people are shy and reclusive. So when they get to the village, Tejin goes in first and leaves Dan behind at the edge. Dan, while waiting, gains the trust of some local children after he sees them spying on him. Sort of a cute scene where he's winking and like doing finger guns towards them and they're giggling. It's, it's a completely believable little exchange between kids. Tejin learns from some of the village villagers that an elder from an unknown tribe has visited the village recently, and then he headed up in the mountains. And he has a starship nearby. So Dan and Tejin are once again talking, and Dan asks Tejin if the elder was the disturbance he felt in the force. Tejin reveals that he has not sensed the presence since they've been on the planet. So Dan wonders if that means they've been misdirected. The Master says no, probably the opposite. That the darkness must have sensed them and is now shielding himself from their detection. I really loved this detail. 
mm-hmm. that this is this is to them like a known force power that they that you can hide in the force. Yeah. So let me ask a question, and this is something that just bugs me about Star Wars in general. Did they let in in that specific spot because he felt he felt the presence, but as soon as they landed, it he kind of like it kind of went dark because. Because one thing in Star Wars, somehow they always land on a planet and find exactly what they're looking for. And like the Earth is huge. I can't imagine like somebody like, like go find this person. Like, okay, there's like thousands of cities, like major metropolitan areas. Sure. And then um, millions of villages. <laughs> yeah, sure. I guess I'll, 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 the way I think about it, maybe this will help you, maybe it won't. I sort of view the Force visions as like when you wake up from a dream and and sometimes you can hold on to what that dream was about and sometimes you can't and whatever whatever he saw it might have given him like clarity at where where to be even if he wasn't experiencing it, it at the time and but it's really just a plot device right yeah it's like it, you have a third you have a 15 minute cartoon you're gonna have like have them land in like twenty cities before someone's like, oh right, <laughs> right, right. There was an old man that, was, that we thought that was a dark side user. I I think it's like, no you, no no not that old man. <laughs> no, I think I think you have to sort of allow allow for the the magic of the force here, right? Without without getting a satisfactory answer to your reasonable question about like like you land on a planet and you always seem to be within walking distance of where you need to be mm-hmm. when that's that's wild right like walking distance is a few miles right I mean if you're gonna travel that distance in a day right and and if you took took a planet it might be like tens of thousands of miles at the diameter. Yeah. I mean, I always assumed that the force kind of like guided Luke to Yoda. But there are there there are other times that it's just kind of like right. All right um, so willing suspension of disbelief, they landed in the right place. Mhm. So Tijin thinks the elder must be close by if he's still shielding them. Dan thinks they should head in the head up into the mountains where the villagers said the elder man went but Dijin is willing to take a more passive view and uh, just stake out the ship which is also a decent idea Dan being really gung-ho suggests that they should split up Dan will go into the mountains and Dijin will go find the ship <laughs> this is like never split this up <laughs> this part is like yeah first off never split up second off like you're going to take your your inexperienced, you're gonna let your inexperienced Padawan face something. I mean, granted, they don't know what it is yet, but it's still a very unknown, dark, you know, mystery. You don't let a half-trained Padawan go do that. That's like, uh, that's like the one of the U.S. Marshals taking a, like a, a new rookie and be like, okay, so his getaway car is here, and he ran up into the mountains. Okay, rookie, go find the. All right, go red find shirt. This yeah. <laughs> Go find this dangerous criminal who he just escaped from Leavenworth, spent 10 years in the Green Berets. Like, go find him. I'll stay, be, I'll buy, stay here and, and watch his muscle car. We'll stay here and wait for him to come back to his car. Yeah. Yeah, this was, this was wild. Tijin asked Dan if he suggested the order because Dan wanted to go fight this elder. And Dan says, no, he's just better in the mountains. His master knows more about ships, but just just like every every action thing, the second they split up, I was like, I know what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Dijin, Dijin, who's been to this planet before, I didn't say that before, but he's been here before. Says that there are wild animals called um, vomgas, and that he should avoid them. Dijin also tells Dan to take guide into the mountains, which I thought was a little weird. But because it doesn't really pay off in any way. But Dan does head into the mountains with a guide while his master is led to the ship by some villagers. So Dijin finds the ship quickly. 
and it resembles an old Sith ship. It's sort of black and angular, looks almost triangular or pyramidal. I really like the design of this ship. Mm-hmm. I thought it was very Star Warsy. It's very Sithy. It looks yeah. like a prototypical TIE fighter. Like yeah, sort of... reminds reminds me of the First Order shuttle. That yes, that's good. That's I was thinking, <laughs> what ship does it remind me of? And it does look like Kylo Ren shuttle. So he radios Dan to tell him about the ship, and Dan wonders if that means the old man is a Sith. We're still talking about Sith. And then Dan sees a Vambra carcass laying there. He goes up to investigate, and he realizes that the animal was killed by a lightsaber. He's still on the radio with with his master and Dijin. When he hears that the animal was slaughtered by a lightsaber, he basically tells Dan to get back to him. So they're going to try to unseparate now. But as Dan turns to leave, the Elder is standing right in front of him. So now it's on. I did like the... This This is very... Kind of a standard thing that's like, no, get out of there! But it's already too late. Yeah. So the Elder is standing there and he sort of flips his cloak off. And there's this sort of like old withered man standing in front of him. And he calls Dan the Padawan a Jedi. Dan asks the Elder if he's a Sith. And the Elder says that the Sith are extinct because they're obsessed with each other's power. Then he pulls out two red lightsabers. Dan does ask him, does that mean he's not a Sith? And then they start fighting. Yeah. So he doesn't really answer the question. Yeah, it's like... um... It's like he says something like, let our blades answer the questions or something like that. Yeah, he he's being very cagey about whether or not he's a Sith. So the Elder lunges at Dan and they exchange blows. And then the Elder says that he had sensed someone who was strong in the Force, but it's obviously not him. There must be another one. And this is, this is like telling, like, I don't know, like telling the girl like she's much prettier than her friend in front of her. <laughs> he's nagging him. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very it's a very pointed insult at the boy. Yeah, this reminds me of something from Star Wars, where somebody it was like somebody like sensed somebody powerful, but it wasn't. He came across like the Padawan or somebody else, and it's like like no, it's not you. Oh no, this is from the Force Awakens or not the Force Awakens. Ugh. The Force the beginning of the Force Unleashed. Okay, spoiler alert for a game that's been out since. 25 years (laughs) yeah is what happens is the beginning like vader goes to uh, he find finds galen merrick's father and he's like like i sent somebody (laughs) go 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 sorry he said i just remember the scene he says like i sent somebody more powerful than you where's your master it's like you killed my master a long time ago and then darth vader kills him easily and then realizes that it's the boy Who's the, the super powerful one? And then he it's kills like the all. four-year-old kid. Yeah. Oh, I remember that scene now. That's that's a great, great callback here. I don't know if they did that on purpose or not, but that's a great, great parallel. So the Elder says to Dan that defeating the Vamga was not challenging, but if he kills this Padawan, maybe his master will show up and provide a real challenge. Dan says he won't be as easy to kill as the Vamga. The Elder says the Elder says he hopes that's true. And lunges at him again. They fight. So I watched this fight a few times. I don't know what you think about this fight. But uh, the second time when the Elder lunges at Dan, Dan does a completely defensive stance and just deflects his blades away. The Elder is visibly angry and bored. Mm-hmm. And so then the Elder repeats this move again and draws Dan's blade up to block again and then he takes the second blade and cuts Dan across the gut and then Dan falls to the ground. This entire time Tijin has been running up the mountain to try to get to Dan and right when Dan gets cut across the gut um, Tijin shows up and it starts to rain hard. Dan is laying motionless in the field and the Elder and the Jedi are now facing off. I thought Dan was dead. Yeah, me too. I th- I thought this was like, oh yeah, they killed the Padawan. That's great. That's very uh, that's gutsy. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought I thought that was great, adding huge stakes to this fight with Tijin. So the Elder says that this is better. He's excited to f- he's excited to fight someone so strong. In the f- 
Tijin draws out his green lightsaber. The Elder charges and he is blocked. Now the Elder is even more excited. He tells Tijin that he wishes that they met a long time ago when he was even stronger. And then they have another exchange, and then during this exchange, Tijin is able to grab the hilt of one of the Elder's lightsabers and take it away. So the, the Elder had these two... What are the blade shapes called? Oh, they're like... Katanas? Um, well, his are more like... They're like... They're like it's more like scimitars. Yeah, you're right. They're, they are more like scimitars. Thank you. So the blade shapes were curved, like more curved than like a lightsaber. But uh, Tijin grabs and just takes away one of the hilts. I loved this little maneuver. The Elder is furious. And so then the Elder starts to charge up some force lightning in his hand, his now free hand. Um, Tijin makes a quick comment. I, I couldn't tell if it was to himself or he said it out loud. But he says something like, this maneuver. And then he dodges out of the way and uses his, his blade to absorb the light. Maltijin's blade is occupied with the lightning. The Elder raises his blade to strike. And then when Dan, who's still laying in the field, uses the force to push his lightsaber toward the Elder. So his ignited blue lightsaber flies toward Tijin and the Elder. The Elder deflects the flying blade, but when he breaks his concentration on Tijin. Tijin quickly cycles the power of his lightsaber and ends up stabbing it through the chest of the Elder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so this is something that I've always like wondered, like, why don't they do this in, in lightsaber battles, like where they're like locked and where they're, the two combatants are locked? Why wouldn't they just, one of them just turn it off, move forward just a little bit and turn it right back on? This is big... Last Jedi throne room battle scene energy to me mm-hmm. because they both Ray and Kylo Ren do this in that battle with the Praetorian guards. They turn off the lightsaber blades and turn them back on to achieve that effect. Mm-hmm. And Kylo Ren like punctures someone someone's faceplate by doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's really satisfying. It's a very cool move. And when he cycles the power of his blade, the force lightning shoots off into infinity. And then he just repositions his blade slightly and turns it back on and it punctures his heart. So the Elder falls to the ground with a smoking hole in his chest. And then Tijin immediately runs to Dan, where he's fallen in the field. He checks on the Padawan. And then the Elder blows up his ship remotely and then turns into dust. Was it dust? It more like he turned into goo. Yeah, I couldn't. I put dust, and then I almost deleted it because it, it he sort of turns into mud, but he's no longer like a body, and it's not like Raiders of the Lost Ark or Ark of the Covenant. Sorry, like ending where they turn into dust like that. It's really yeah, he sort of turns into mud or goo. It's also raining, so I'm not sure what the effect they're going for, but it's very strange. The point is, the ship is gone, the body's gone. So some time passes, we don't know how long, but we know a little bit because Dan has been healed by the villagers. And Tijin is showing Dan the wreckage of the ship, there's nothing left worth studying. Dan, <laughs> once again, what's up? <laughs> it's just that, like, it just makes you think this, this think of the Simpsons episode where, like, Bart wants a knife, and then Dr. Hibbert just, like, some guy needs an appendectomy, so he grabs a pocket knife, just slices him open, and then the guy gets up, and he's like, like, thank you, doctor, and he's, as he's buttoning his shirt. It's just like, that, the, that elder pretty much gutted him. I think this goes, and, uh, back to, goes back to our conversation about we both thought he was dead, and I think that would have been better. Mm-hmm. And, like, like not, not better for the character, obviously, but, like, better for the story. Because you're right, now he's just like up, and he's just like like more adventures, master. It's like what? Like this guy was hell bent on killing Jedi. Like he wanted to challenge. Why wouldn't he kill you? Like he killed that Mamga. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's better. <laughs> All right. So Dan asks again if the old man was a Sith. Tijin speculates that he might have been a Sith at one point but broke off from that sect. This is based entirely on what the guy had said. Tijin said that if the Elder had fought, if the Elder and he had fought when the Elder was a younger man, 
the fight might have ended differently. Dan pointed out that his master had won, but Tijin said that time defeated the old man, not him. I'm going to say, like, the rest of this episode is basically Tijin pontificating mm-hmm. about, like, the nature of power and the Force. And while some of it lands with me from, like, a philosophical point of view, I thought it was a little heavy-handed for the episode. Because it's like... I don't know. It's like, you were in a duel with an old, old evil man. Like, let's not, like, blame time for his death. Right? It's like the old joke... There's an old SNL skit where Dan Aykroyd breaks into an apartment and accidentally pushes a, a guy out the window that he's there to serve a warrant on. And he pulls a joint out of his pocket and throws it on the table and he says another drug-related suicide. <laughs> it's like, time didn't kill him. Like, you fucking stabbed him through the heart. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah, I was trying to make sense of that, that maybe he meant that, like, the only reason he's dead is because he was super old. And not nearly as strong as he would have been, which doesn't make any sense. Because then you could say that about anybody. Yeah, it, it's it's this like forced humility that this character has about himself. It's like the, I don't know, it's like the Forrest Gump, like feather on the wind thing. Or it's like, I'm not rich, I'm not successful through any of my own actions. I'm successful because circumstances make it so. It's like, mm-hmm. no, take responsibility for yourself, dude. You just killed an old guy. Not saying you did a bad thing, but like own it, right? You just killed this dude, right? And you could probably, you could, as far as I'm concerned, you could make a great case that it was justified. But own it, <laughs> like you killed this dude. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, be like, up, oh, time got another one. Nope, it was you. Like, you killed him. You stabbed him in the heart. But whatever. This leads into a very master Padawan conversation where Dijin says no matter how strong you become, it only lasts for a little while, and everything is fleeting. Dan asks the master if if his master is saying that power is pointless. Dijin says it's not pointless. Power needs to be used to protect those without power. And Dan needs to know that all of this is temporary. The master will get weaker and the Padawan becomes stronger. Dan asks if he will become stronger, and his master says, I don't know. <laughs> he just said previously, you will. <laughs> it's yeah, like, are you it's, high? It's, no, it's the Padawan gets, Padawan gets stronger while the master gets weaker. Does that mean I'll get stronger? I don't know. <laughs> these these school talent shows get better every year. <laughs> it's like, but, but didn't you just tell me, it's like... Ah, you got me. I don't know what I'm talking about. Dijin Dijin tells Dan, do not forget your training or your kindness. Dan says goodbye to the village kids. The master looks off into the galaxy. The end. All right. We did it. Yep. Episode 7, review completed. So we'll just jump right into it. Did you like it? Overall, I liked liked the, uh, the lightsaber duels. But that was a small portion of it. So, yeah, it, overall, I guess I, I liked it. I could have done without all the pontificating and kind of forced humor. But that would have been, I, I don't know, it would, have made it, it would have been a lot shorter. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, I think the time period really hooked me. I've seen like a classic Master Padawan relationship maybe a few hundred years several hundred years in the past from anything we've seen so far. I mean, a couple hundred years before, like, the High Republic stuff. That's sort of where I was assuming this was happening. I like the idea of, like, some sort of rogue Sith, like, just going around causing trouble, like, being, mm-hmm. like, a mis- mischief almost, and and the Jedi, like, believing it's the responsibility to deal with this mischief. Because he hadn't really done anything. That's the other. That's the other thing, like... This old man had not terrorized this village. He killed an animal, like a wild animal. That's like his crime. Yeah. (laughs) But these guys are like persecuting like this religious sect. And they're like, well, you got (laughs) to kill him because he's a dark side user. I think the uh, the killed animal, though, was bait. Oh, absolutely. It was absolutely bait. Overall, I think I like, so far I've liked the Visions ones that I can see like slotting into canon someplace. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. 
this one I can absolutely see being an actual story in what we would consider Star Wars, like the Star Wars canon that we have right now. This is a story that would fit, right? It's a story about two Jedi, a master and a Padawan, established relationship that we understand, who find a dark side user and have to fight him for, I don't know, like religious reasons. And that fight goes a happy ending way, right? It doesn't always go a happy ending way in these fights, but this time it did. I was hoping it would have been... I was hoping the philosophy that Tijin was espousing would be more connected with the fight in like a, like a fundamental way. But it seemed all post hoc to me. It was like, oh, we won. Here's why we won. We're going to talk about like how it's easier to beat up old people. <laughs> because they're old. And how I didn't kill him. Father Time killed him. When you definitely fucking killed him. Yeah. Right. This is like the whole COVID thing. It's like, he didn't die of COVID. He died of checks notes. I don't know. One of these pre-existing conditions killed him. Be like, no, yeah. you don't You don't get it. Like, he died because of whatever put him in the hospital today. Yeah. Do not, do not know how this works. Yeah, the, uh, the people of Alderaan weren't murdered by the Death Star. They just time killed them because they happened to live in time that the Death Star was created. Yeah. If they had lived in any other time, they would have been perfectly safe. Yeah. Right? There's circumstances. Circumstances matter. And the circumstances that this guy picked a fight with a Jedi matters for, like, how his end came about. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's minor. Like, this this character, Tejin, I would absolutely see more of him. I would watch a follow-up to this episode. I do think it is a mistake to not kill Dan, the Padawan. Yeah. Because when that happened, I was like... When I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like, they swinging for the fences when you kill, like, the teenaged kid. Right. Yeah. So, so you want so you want to see one where Tijin is, like, back at the Jedi Council and uh, Yoda's asking for his badge and his gun because he put his <laughs> Padawan in danger like that? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> like, you're, you said it, right? They split up. And they split up and, and the Padawan took the more dangerous path, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is straight up red shirt territory, not to cross the streams, but that is straight up like like we're gonna break up into parties of two. I'm gonna go with with uh, Spock, and you're gonna go with with Ensign Jones, and we're gonna go over here and check out this rock formation, and you're gonna walk around the backside of the rock formation where I think there's a Gorn, <laughs> <laughs> and whoever sees the Gorn first, yell. <laughs> Right, and they're just straight up like, like you don't split up. You took the more dangerous route because it's like, like I'm gonna wait around and I'm gonna wait around for this guy to come back and be like, no, I'm gonna go out and hunt him, right? And then you you immediately find his trap, right, mm-hmm. or his bait, because he killed that animal and did nothing with it except make it obvious that it was killed by a lightsaber. Anyway, I'm ranting. No, I think I think overall it was quite good, but like I said, I like the ones that. I can slot into canon in my mind. And compared to The Twins, which is the other episode from Trigger, this one this one's probably in my top three so far, if not top two, for Star Wars Visions. Hmm, okay. And I think when we get to get through all of them, we'll probably have a moment where we go through and rank them if you want to, or talk about what we thought about it overall. But right now, I think my fav- my favorites are sort of the duel, this one, and the village bride. Now is the time in the episode where we rank the show that we watched. Our ranking system is pretty simple. We rank using a uh, Star Wars character. So a really great episode would be a original trilogy character like Luke, Han, Leia, Chewie, Darth Vader, etc. And a really bad episode would be the guy that Cara Dune is fighting that she's tethered to in the first season of The Mandalorian who she beats up. He looks like a death of Marion. Yeah, yeah, he does. So, that guy, Din Djarin could Din Djarin could have easily just like found her at the bar and talked. Didn't really need a gratuitous fight scene, but whatever. So, Matt, what do you rank this episode? The callback to the game we played at the top, I'm going to 
give it a Bosk. Bosk. Bosk is a fun character I've, I've enjoyed for a long time. It's not critical to anything in any sort of movie, but he plays a bigger role in some cartoons. But I liked it, so I'm going to give it a Bosk. Hmm, okay. How about you? Well, I'm going to give it a uh, size from. From droids. Nice. Because of them, I lost my super weapon, the Trigon. The key to my takeover of every other gang in the galaxy. Yeah, just the over the over unnecessary uh, that doesn't make any sense they're very unnecessary like explaining the backstory but it's a very kind of clunky sort of way to to move things forward that's a good one i like that character and we did talk a lot about how the english dialogue needed a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) it's fair criticism of the episode i think all right so be sure to uh rate us on uh Stitcher or iTunes, wherever you find, uh, f- or wherever you found us, please give us a high ranking. Tell a friend, and uh, if you didn't like us, go ahead uh, and tell somebody that you work with you found a really great podcast and they should listen to right. They should listen to it right away. So we'll be back uh, next week with the next episode of Visions, which is Lop and Ocho. Oh, yes, Lapinocha. Okay. All right, so we'll be back then. Thanks for downloading. Bye. Bye. Thank you for downloading and listening to this episode. We would also like to thank Jordan White for the use of his cover of Yub Nub as our intro and outro music. Please refer to the show notes for photos, clips, and links from this episode. Side effects from listening to Yubcast may include dizziness, dry mouth, a sense of confusion, and decreased sex drive. Serious side effects may include speaking in Ewok, speculating the origins of prequel characters, and wondering why two grown men discuss children's cartoons on the internet. For a complete list of side effects or to complain about the show, please visit us on Twitter at Yubcast or drop us an email at noochbaderproductions at gmail.com. Thanks again. We'll see you again next week with a new episode. Yubcast is not affiliated with Lucasfilm or the Walt Disney Company. Star Wars, its characters, and creations are the property of Lucasfilm and its parent company, the Walt Disney Company. Yubcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. Dun, 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 dun,